which race from your career are you the most proud of? Um, let's see. I, I think I think the 200 breasts at trials. Uh, the final, yeah. Does Mel beat you in practice? And if so, in what? Uh, very often, yeah. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist, joined by Dr. John Mullen and U.S. national teamer Nick Fink. What's going on, Nick? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks, thanks for having me on. Well, it's not every day we get to talk to one of the fastest swimmers in the slowest stroke in swimming. So <laughs> just hoping to learn a bit from you. That's all. It's the most beautiful stroke, too. So uh, if anyone if anyone asks. <laughs> Piece of art, some would yeah. say. A legend. Very distorted, abstract art. Yes. <laughs> so, Nick, I got to ask, you're fresh off of U.S. trials. Um, and I got to the great fortune of a surprise meeting with your whole family there <laughs> at a dinner after after the meet. Um, but unfortunately, you didn't get to meet your mom, who was at the U.S. Open for pickleball. So yep. how did that turn out? Uh, well, she was uh, going down for... Um, it was like her first time really doing the U.S. Open there, and uh, I think she got some good experience out of it. Uh, I think, I think she lost her first two matches and was bounced from the tournament uh, quickly. But we're we're really happy and excited that she got to go, and and I think it was really fun, kind of uh, going going through the motions there. <laughs> Who's the family champ in pickleball then? Uh, well, it sounds like she's gotten a lot better since the last time we played. Um, <clears throat> she practices, I think, more. She gets out more than I do and um, more than my dad and my sister do. So um, I think she's, yeah, I think she's probably the, the family champ, but we'll have to have some sort of um, some sort of family tournament or round robin thing when we all get together next time. Now, pickleball is becoming more popular, but I don't know if everyone knows what it is. If people ask you, what is pickleball, Nick? How, how do you describe it? It's a combination of tennis and ping pong, I would say. Uh, smaller courts, uh, paddles, not rackets, and uh, it's kind of like that. So less running, which is something that I, I support in my uh, my hobbies. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that if anybody asked you this in Tokyo last summer, that you worked badminton in there because that's much more relatable to the locals. Mm, badminton, mm. yeah, that is a good a good comp for it. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, well, what are you up to after trials? How's uh how's kind of the come down from trials going? Where are you at training? There's this kind of weird lull between, uh, you know, the taper meet and then the next taper meet. So, uh, give us the update. Yeah. Um, well, the update was um, I had to finish up some stuff for the end of my semester because um, I'm taking classes in school. So um, <clears throat> I had finals week during trials and the week after trials. So I was trying to work my stuff around there. And then I also had uh, the trip to D.C., which was a lot of fun. Um, we did that, too. So uh, and then I got back and finally, you know, got everything done that I needed to and and. Uh, from a training perspective, at least I probably did a little bit of maintenance afterwards, just trying to get everything done. But then uh, now we've started to get really back into it because, yeah, like you said, it's, it's kind of a, a little weird lull. So I'm going to do a little bit of work, get get my butt kicked a little bit and then and then back to taper, which is which is nice. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, sounds like a hectic time at World Champ Trials. Would love to get just your general thoughts on the meet. Obviously, a few PBs and the 50 and 100 breast, uh, 200 breast to tie. Um, Brian, how many 200 breast long course ties have you seen in your career? Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's it's just so slow. It takes forever <laughs> to swim it. And <laughs> uh, zero ties. That was the first tie that I've ever seen. Is it the first tie that you've ever had? Uh, and a 200 breaststroke, uh, I want to say, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's many times where, where I've tied, uh, you know, for the winner, for any position, I think, uh, they're usually pretty, a little more spread out, but, um, yeah, definitely first time tying for, for a win, <laughs> I think in a two breast. So what did you think about the, the, all the swims in the meet for you? Yeah. I mean, obviously I was super pleased with, with the, the two PRs going into the, the 50 and the hundred. Um, and you know, that was kind of, kind of my goal this season. Um, it was definitely more of a laid back approach because I wanted to focus on school a little more than, than, uh, swimming and, and kind of take a step back away from swimming a little bit. So, um, rather than trying to find success in the two breasts, which is like, what I've been doing in the past, I wanted to put more, more eggs in, in the 150 basket, I guess. And, um, so to see, to see that work pay off was, was a lot, was a lot of fun to, to be in those races and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, I mean, overall, I was definitely pleased with the meet. I mean, coming into this year, I really didn't even know if I'd be going best times or, or, you know, or what. So, um, yeah, to, to do that was, was pretty, pretty fun. Yeah, definitely. We were talking before the show, uh, Brian and I, about the fastest combo breaststrokers, we'll call them. The 50 plus the 100 plus the 200. Now, we didn't have enough time to deep dive it there, but you definitely have to be up there on the list. Do you take a little honor in being good at all those? Uh, yeah, I, I, I do, I think. Um, it, it was one of those things where it, it definitely bothered me in uh, ISL when I was just like, seeing how many people beat me in all the breaststrokes. And I was like, I need to get that number lower. Like <laughs> I, need, I need to be better overall. Like I, I can't be just good in one thing. So I definitely, I think pride myself in, in, you know, being able to do all three and, and I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't necessarily need to be a specialist in one in particular, which has been, which has been, you know, um, good because <laughs> I can, you know, be successful in all three and, and, um, kind of do that. So, uh, yeah, I guess I haven't looked at the specific numbers, but, but it's definitely, it's definitely fun to, to go in and have a wide range, um, you know, be in contention at any, any breaststroke race. So. It seems like it's gotta be a super rare thing. Cause in the 200, you always end up with people who are like IMers who kind of work, you know, their third event is the 200 IM or 200 breast and, but they, they don't swim other breaststroke events or you have 100 and 200 guys who are trending somewhere in the range between the two, but usually stronger in one versus the other, but right. almost nowhere in that combination is there somebody who's not only like good at all three, but, you know, American record uh, setting in, in all three and, you know, one of the best swimmers in the world in all three. So that's like, I can't even think of another example, maybe in some other strokes, like, I don't know. Murphy uh, is, is mm -hmm. really good at the 50 back too, but like, I don't know. It's, I mean, yeah. some of the older guys like Hanson and them would have been good, but they weren't doing the 50 as much either. Right. And the hundred has gotten quite a bit faster since those guys were, were going. So like I said, I think the sprint breast has definitely 
progressed quite a bit here away from that kind of era of Hanson and Kitajima and things like that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, one of the PBs I was ha- really happy with was the 50 because I think my last best time was from like 2017. So the, to knock, especially with the, the combo, you know, if you add all three, to knock like three-fourths of a second off in the 50 is, is huge. So check it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that is, that is big. You guys were both uh, pretty far under Cordis's record too. I mean, two tenths and a 50 is a big swim. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to ask about, um, you know, training then, since you mentioned the, you know, the, the focus area having been a little bit more on, on the sprint side yet, you're still going 208 and the 200. Um, (laughs) it's so crazy. Do what, can you share us a little bit about like the, the changeover to swimming at tech and, you know, I mean, some of the pedigrees sort of interesting too here with, you know, the coaches that you have at tech and I want to hear you describe who all is involved in it, but like among them are some UGA alums and Courtney Sheely Hart and, and Mike Norman and, you know, both with us national team Olympic success amongst them. So it's, I mean, it's like you're, you're swimming with a lot of swimming knowledge, horsepower um, influencing you on a daily basis. Plus, you know, your influence as a professional onto your program, just give us a sense of what it is that you're doing on a, on a, on a daily basis now, and maybe how that's changed since you moved on from Georgia. Yeah. Um, so I guess it all started when I was applying for grad schools and, and, um, I got into tech and I knew I was going to probably go there. And, um, Neil Versfeld, who's, you know, now a coach at UGA and he, coached at Tech and swam at Georgia. So another one of those, um, you know, Georgia grads <laughs> with a Tech connection. But he he was like, oh, like you should go and and train with Mike Norman. Um, and I hadn't really had an experience with with Mike before. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds, sounds good. So um, definitely talked to Mike about training with the team and, and Courtney was, uh, you know, generous enough to let, let, um, let me work with, you know, the coaches and the other swimmers and, and kind of, you know, slowly, uh, uh, immerse myself with the team. And, and, um, so it's, it's been great coaching there and, and, um, or the coaching has been great there with, with Mike running a lot of my workouts. And then, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm still have to do some 200 work. So I get, I get some mid D stuff in with Chico. He's, he's uh, like their mid D stroke, stroke I am coach. So um, those, yeah, those, those three, three people have really had um, a good hand in, in what's, what's been going on in my training. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't thank them enough for, for cooperating with, I mean, my schedule's just been crazy this fall and spring with, you know, um, with ISL and travel and then school. And like some days I literally, you know, have to be like, Mike, I, I don't want to come in this morning. I've been up, you know, since two doing schoolwork. And he's like, that's fine. So he's, he's been super flexible and all the coaches have been very flexible with me. And, and they know that once I get in, I do the work, but I just, you know, need to have my own schedule sometimes because I'll be traveling and all that stuff. And um, I mean, I think, yeah, Mike went from, um, you know, the ACCs to NC, NCAA grind, NCAA grind to uh, San Antonio straight up the next week. And I was like, you know, I felt bad for him because he was doing all this coaching and at meets and wasn't spending any time like at home. And um, so, yeah, they've, they've been really great. I can't, I mean, I can't thank them enough for, for like hosting me, let alone, you know, all the work that, that goes into, to dealing with, with someone like me. So, (laughs) 
Um, but it's been, it's been a blast. And yeah, so from, I guess from a, a coaching perspective, it's, it's definitely a little different than what, um, our training perspective, a little different than what, what Jack used to have me do, um, which is, you know, totally makes sense because I, I, you know, went into Mike, uh, went into, you know, the first couple of weeks of training with Mike, very honest. And I was like, Hey, listen, like, um, my priorities in swimming anymore. Like I'd rather be doing shorter stuff, better stuff. Like I, I don't know how many more times I can come in and see like 16, 200s and, and just, you know, grind those out. I know I knew <laughs> it's like, I, I knew that's like what I had to do in the past, you know, and all that stuff is, is the, the, you know, you, you do what you got to do to get, get to the level you want to be at. So, um, and so I think he understood that and, and he found it, found different ways of, of engaging me um, and, you know, making sure I'm getting a good workout every time I go and, um, you know, recovery days. I haven't had those in a while. So I get those at tech, which is nice, but um, you definitely see like Mike's definitely more sprint oriented, but he knows how to do um, the aerobic stuff just because he was with Jack and, and there is that, that Georgia as much as, you know, the schools might not admit it. There is a Georgia, Georgia tech connection. Um, and, uh, Harvey, Harvey Humphreys, a former Georgia coach, he, he would describe it as, uh, we're all still wearing our red underwear. So, uh, we may be representing Georgia tech, but we, you know, we still have that our home in, in Athens. So it's, it's been, it's been fun and, and it's cool to like go to meets and see, cause they all like talk to each other cause they all know each other. And then they're all going out to dinner, all the coaches and it's, it's, you know, there's no, um, no animosity, which is, which is cool. Cause you know, a lot of coaches, you know, don't like each other, but all, all my coaches like each other. So that's really nice. <laughs> so a good amount of training changes. It sounds like the awful word of rest days for someone that does the 200 breast certainly isn't a common practice. What else do you think has helped out with your sprint breaststroke? Have you been making any technical changes or has the ISL you think facilitated that being around other great international sprint breaststrokers? Yeah. Well, I think, I think for, from a training perspective, we, we definitely do a lot more technique stuff here and, and video stuff. Um, so I think that that has really helped kind of fine tune and, and keep my stroke sharp. And it's a little bit easier to kind of train at a very, um, very high, like technical level, I guess, when you're not as buried. <laughs> and so I, I used to be buried all the time. Right. But, um, now that I get, you know, a little more rest, a little less practices, I can, I can be sharp on a daily basis. And I think something like that is, is more important for, you know, the 50 and, and the hundred. Um, so I think, I think that has definitely helped kind of keep me sharp, but in, in a racing kind of mindset, I think ISL was, was definitely really important for um, not only motivating you through like the fall, the post-Olympic fall, which is always, you know, people say it's, it's the hardest time in a swimming, swimming career is like it, once you make the games and then it's like the next year is, is really hard. So I think ISL helped keep me not only in the water, but, but motivated, um, motivated to, to keep training and, and, and not just go through the motions, but, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do well and I wanted to help Cali win. So I think, I think that kept me in, in really good race shape and really good um, kind of race mentality throughout the fall. And 
um, I think that that definitely carried over towards towards long course season. I, <clears throat> you know, your comments about uh, what ISL does for you mentally and how that can uh, be a motivating factor just makes me think a little about about your career arc, which I'm going to go through this a bit because it's it's pretty interesting to see some of this. And if, if I'm off on some of the details, please correct me. But, um, you know, in large part, you, you, you have a standout college career. You do make 2012 trials. So like by the time you get to Tokyo, it's, it's your third trials. I think that's an important one. But you went from you know, semi-finaling at your first trials to making the Worlds team the next summer in 2013. You final at Worlds. The next summer, you go to Pan Packs, you get silver, uh, top American. It looks like 2015 um, and 2016, and kind of all the way until 2019, there's a, a bit of a lull. So you, you go to trials in 2016. It looks like 2015, um, you know, they couldn't even find you in results. 2016 uh, trials, you, you finish seventh in the, in the, in the 100 and the 200. Um, you know, don't make that team after having been one of the A breaststrokers in the U.S. Um, you know, all the way back to then 2019, 2081, swimming on the medley relay at Pan Ams, ISL success. And then you come back and make the Olympic team next summer, you know, the, the following summer after, you know, the pandemic and and navigating a, a third place finish in, in the hundred um, and having to wait till the very end of trials to make the team. So. I mean, I guess I share all this because you've got quite the arc of maybe a, a late start to swimming and then, you know, a pretty rapid progression to a lull in the middle to now it seems like, you know, you're one of the hottest hands in swimming. So, like, can you just kind of talk us through the the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows, what what that's what that's been like in your career? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's. It is interesting looking back and, and seeing kind of um, the results and how everything uh, kind of played out. And I think uh, a lot of people ask me, um, you know, why, why now? Why, why am I having success? Why am I going best times? And, and um, I think, I think, yeah, in, in 20, after 2018, I, I, I think I kind of had to rewire my brain a little bit and kind of reevaluate how I approach the sport. Um, I think I, I brought an intensity to kind of the the sport and and my mindset that that I, I don't know helped me. Um, I think we all kind of approach things differently, and um, I certainly see that in like national team meets and stuff like that, where everyone is kind of very different. But um, I think you know after college you turn pro, and and that's kind of you know that's your job now. So you know, I used to be really, really intense. And, and, you know, if, if I got second at a pro series meet, I'd be like, so upset with myself. And, and, you know, if I had a bad practice, I'd be upset. And it was, it was kind of more of a robotic way of going through and, and not really, you know, uh, I don't know, like I wasn't having as much fun with it anymore. And I know that's, it sounds cliche and, and whatever, but um, it's like the more, <laughs> the more relaxed I was, I found, that I was swimming better is like, I, I would, you know, uh, crush certain practices and, and just whatever on a daily basis, but I could go to a meet and like tighten up and, and just cause I put so much, you know, pressure and intensity in it. Um, and I, I, again, I don't think, I don't think it was so bad to where I couldn't compete. I mean, I still made the world's team in 2017. 
um, with the best time in the 200. I still, you know, was making these meets, making these finals and stuff. But um, I think uh, something happened and, you know, I think after 2018, um, I had a pretty, well, I, yeah, I had a pretty, pretty bad summer <laughs> that year, pretty bad end of the year meet probably well, that in 16 trials, probably my worst, worst taper meets of my career, but, hmm. um, where I kind of, you know, had to, had to rewire my brain and, and think, you know, be more relaxed going into meets and, and kind of understand that, um, you know, bringing intensity doesn't, doesn't work for me. And it's like one of those things where, you know, I don't think I'm doing anything well this year I am, but like, I don't know. And, and recently I'm not doing anything that different, but I think I'm just so much better up here that it's like all starting to, to make sense. And, and I think I learned how to race and I think ISL definitely helps. Um, I, especially what Vegas in 19 was when I won a couple events there, I beat, um, you know, PD in the 50 and then those, you know, the Russians in the 200, I think that's kind of was like, I guess, uh, a jumping point for, for, you know, putting me back into like the, the top, top elite level of, of the sports. I think I was, you know, around the, um, I don't know, top, top eight to 16 range for, like you said, that, that three or four years. Um, so it was, it was definitely, it, it definitely is not a real complicated answer, but more like experience in the sport and learning how to approach a, a race. And I think, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, like maybe I should have kept swimming and I would have gotten best times when I was 28. I'm like, well, like maybe you could have, you know, like it, it, you just don't know. And, and right. I think, yeah, it's like mentally I've just gotten, I just started figuring out how to race and, and learning how to approach every day and how to do that kind of differently. Yeah, obviously, you know, maturity, a lot of this will come with, with just time and figuring yourself out. You mentioned, you know, rewiring your brain a few times. I'd love for you to talk more about if there were things that you were doing or people you're working with with that, or if you, or if you do feel like that was just maturity and you kind of figuring out what works best for you over, you know, the years of training and some obstacles that you've had to overcome. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I probably could have been, should have been working with, with people, um, at least from, from a mental standpoint, I think, uh, I think the the biggest person I could probably attribute that to is is Mel. Um, <clears throat> we've been you know dating for for a long time. Uh, Melanie Markhouse is um, I don't know if I'm referring to if anyone's listening, but um, we've been dating for a long time, and and <clears throat> she's obviously one of the like greatest IMers in you know uh, American history. I I would say for sure, um, and <clears throat> she knows how to race just as much as you know better than anybody that I know. So. Um, I think after, after worlds, uh, where you in 2015, where I didn't even make a final, um, I think she was like, you just got to learn how to relax, dude. <laughs> I think I like tried. Come on, bro. Just yeah, chill. It's like, it's like a couple of years after that to kick in. It like, takes a little bit to say that to you, right? For yeah, it to finally like, sink in. <laughs> just sees me, I, Cause she sees me on a daily basis and knows how I work. And then I go to these meets and I'm like, so intense. She's like, you just got to learn how to relax. I'm like, All right. Yeah. So. I like eventually I think I, I kind of learned how to fine tune all that stuff. And, um, you know, especially after, uh, well, 16, I put way too much pressure on myself to make the Olympic team. I, you know, I went into it. Like if I 
don't make the Olympic team, then like my career is a failure, you know, and that's totally not the way to look at it. That's just, it's just silly to think that. Um, so, uh, you know, and I think going into 2020 or 2021, I guess, um, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of what I've accomplished. The Olympics would be icing on the cake. And I think that, um, is helps me in staying relaxed out there. But, um, yeah, I think it, it was, it was just like, I mean, being able to talk with her about, about a bunch of stuff about swimming, everything on a daily basis, I think is, is one way of therapy that I probably needed and used, <laughs> um, someone who was, you know, in the lane next to me for, for so long. So, uh, she understood, you know, what it was like to be at those, those meets and those levels and stuff. And, and, you know, I was really able to talk with her through, through anything. So, you know, that's <clears throat> it's easy to say, but it's, it's a really hard thing to do. And I'll, I'll share my, my account is the, the Olympic trials is the most nervous I've ever been for any swim meet. And I, it's the only swim meet that I've ever been to. Uh, and I mean, I'd swim in NCAA finals and I'd been to world short course and I represented the U S at some international meets, but it was the only meet that I'd ever been to where I, I just had these like unbelievable nerves that made me so tight uh, before racing. And, uh, and one of the reasons why it stood out to me that you made trials in 2012 is you got to have the trials experience early. And then you'd had the 2016 experience where you did swim tight and you've had all both of those under your belt to be able to reflect upon and learn from so that you could channel them, you know, for, for Tokyo trials. And I, I think there's a huge advantage to have a third lap where, you know, that, that first trials, I think everybody learns some, but you just can't get it right on the first try. And sometimes like you can't practice it either because it, those nerves don't come up until you get to that meet. So, um, whatever you figured out is, is a huge, um, is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Tw well, yeah. 2012, I didn't really have a shot at, at finally making a team. I was planning on taking, I think like a three month break after trials, but, <laughs> um, so I was, I was like, you know, going for the experience then. Yeah. It, I, you know, cause another, yeah, another way I, I, respond to people who say, you know, how are you, how are you going best times? You know, like how, how are you doing this at, at such a late stage? And I, the answer is, I don't, I don't know if I could have done it without like all those previous, like you said, the highs and the lows, I've, I've learned so much from that. And, um, you know, ideally if I could go back with the knowledge I have now, yeah, you know, that'd, that'd be great, but it, it just doesn't work that way. And, you know, like I, yeah, the, the way that I'm racing now is because I've, I've had the failures and I've figured out what doesn't work for me. And, you know, it, it took me a while to kind of fine tune all that stuff, but, uh, you know, happy to, happy to be still going, still kicking. And, you know, yeah, I think, I think the, the, definitely the trials progression is, is interesting, um, from, from a results standpoint, but, but also kind of how I was able to kind of develop too. So. Yeah. I, <clears throat> now you seem like one of the most relaxed guys behind the block. You got this, you got this, this little dance that you do. That's your, you know, your, your signature wave. And uh, I don't know if that's like a Cali Condor reference or something, but I feel like you've got, you've got, you've got this thing and you just look like the most relaxed guy. You got the, you know, 
this yeah uh, at, the, at the games i did the the rings behind the the head i did that one <laughs> um yeah which i mean that's that's huge uh you know in, in terms of just setting setting your mindset um and then being being that guy not only on the surface but also between your ears um i wanted to ask you about some things i read about uh, people that uh said really nice things about about you uh after you had made the team in tokyo i, I just saw um both jack bowerly and jay litherland having uh, you know, said some things like, you know, Jack, I'll paraphrase, uh, you know, saying that there were a bunch of coaching friends of his who everybody really wanted you to make the team because of your tremendous work ethic and the reputation that you have um, on deck. And and then Jay Litherland had said that if he had to give up his spot for anybody, that you would be the person that he gave it up for. And so I, I just think it's like, what what is it about you and what you are to other people um with what you do like do you even know what it is that that gives you that sort of reputation um wow uh they just uh see that i'm just a super cool guy and they uh <laughs> like that about no i don't i don't know what it is to be honest i mean um i mean to get words like that from from jack barley who's you know coached just about everybody who's been at the highest level of sport for so long it, it's like uh, you know i just i went in there and i did my best every day and and i just tried to be as coachable as possible um i tried to represent the university represent him as as best as i could and um you know it's it is you know really 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 cool to have him there because you know, we were there for, you know, almost 10 years and, and he was, you know, he saw me as an 18 year old kid growing up through the sport, through school, through everything. So, um, but yeah, like I said, he's, he's been that, that kind of figure for a lot of people. So to have words like that, um, about me means, means so much to me. And, and, you know, I, he's, he's been so happy for me, especially, you know, this year, obviously not wearing the tech logo on my cap, but everything else surrounding, uh, the, the, the success I've seen with your red um, underwear. He knows you got the red underwear. Yeah, on. He knows. Yeah. He knows. Uh, I swear one time at, at trials this past week, he was like telling me, like giving me some, you know, w words of wisdom or whatever. And I think as I put my cap on, he walked away and I don't even think he realized it. I think he was just talking about my, like, make sure you take it strong and, and you're relaxed. And I, I swear I put my cap on and he just walked away and he didn't even realize. I was like, I think he was subconscious. I think he sees the GT and he's like, I don't want to talk to this kid. <laughs> He's got, um, a, he's got a sense of the paparazzi. He doesn't want his photo to be taken. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, I mean, between that and then, you know, having, having the respect of, of, you know, your peers, like for Jay to say something like that, um, you know, means a lot because, you know, these aren't, these aren't people who you have, you know, one, one time, two time encounters with, you know, Jay's been there since, you know, for what, five or six of the eight years, nine years I was there. So, you know, I've, I've trained with him a bunch and, and, you know, we've spent so much time together. So, um, you know, to have him say something like that is, is, I, I don't know, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to respond that I'm, you know, honored and, and humbled to, to kind of be seen, seen in that light. So. I mean, when I, 
look back at some of my teammates and who I would have described that as. It's always, you know, like you said, the people that are hard workers, the people that are always showing up, always there for you. Now, obviously, in more of a pro group setting at Georgia Tech, it's got to be a, a little bit more of a different atmosphere than, you know, the team at Georgia. What type of things have you changed personally about that training environment to continue to propel moving forward? Um, well, I, I don't know that the Georgia, the Georgia training group is, was always, uh, interesting just because you got a lot of big personalities and, and a lot of big, you know, goals. So, um, you know, on a, on a daily basis, there, there isn't many places on, on earth where you could have been to have been in a better spot to try to, you know, find success in the pool. So, um, you know, bringing, bringing, uh, you know, the sense of coachability, but also, you know, trying to work with, uh, you know, what the coaches were giving you, what, what other, you know, the other athletes were doing, you know, whether you wanted to race, you know, I, I was kind of blessed enough to be able to race Andrew Wilson, Kevin Cordes, Chase Kalish, all great 200 breaststrokers. And then obviously Kevin and Andrew, great hundred breaststrokers too on a daily basis. And so, something like that is, was, was a lot of fun. And, and I think, you know, not losing sight of, of what, what we wanted to accomplish and what, what our goals were was, was something that was really, really cool. Cause um, you know, this year I was definitely, I, I had, you know, I was training with Mel um, a lot and I had school kind of on the side too, but um it wasn't like quite the same as, you know, a group of, of 10 or 12 people all, all training for the same thing. And, and I think, uh, you know, that was really special about, about that group. And, and, you know, we've all kind of grown and, and went our separate ways um, this past year, but I think a lot of our success was, was from kind of that training group last year. Um, I wanted to, so I was thinking about Cordis actually having been a pretty, pretty good at that combo breaststroke of 50 and 200 yeah. uh, when you when you mentioned him uh a career we should actually add this up and find out who where, where you I, sit in the top i think it would be really close between yeah. me and him yeah yeah it would be would be really so i'm getting on that already come on now yeah what the heck awesome. that's, not, that's not what we're here for i already have done it we just don't follow him that closely what so what what's what's long term for you then? What I mean, ISL obviously this year is is postponed or canceled or whatever. We have no idea if like funding is even going to happen for for that going forward. As a swim fan, I hope so, but I, I don't think anybody can count on that. You'd know better than we do. So, um, what's what's career timeline? And also, can you talk a little bit about what you're doing in school too? Because I mean, there's uh, the career outside of the pool that I assume at some point you want to get to as well. So, what's what's the future for Nick? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Um, people want to be when you grow up. yeah, I know it's, it is, it's turning more and more into a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> the more, the more people ask, I don't let me rush you. I no, love the fact no, that no, you're no, swimming long, but you know, I, I have, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun because, um, I, you know, I, I was definitely happy with how last summer turned out, you know, making the Olympic team and getting to go to Tokyo is obviously like a, you know, a, a pinnacle of a career, right? So um, I wanted to go to school and, and, you know, I enjoyed studying engineering as, as an undergrad at Georgia. So I wanted to go back to school for that. Um, so I thought, you know, now would be a good time. And, and 
you know, this was kind of a, it was kind of a victory lap year, I guess you could say. I wasn't, wasn't really anticipating, you know, having nearly the amount of success that I have short course, long course, any of it. Right. I was, I was going to train as best I could, but just didn't think I'd, I'd have enough eggs in that basket. Right. So, um, it was, it was definitely interesting <laughs> to kind of see the success that I've had. And, and I, I think, you know, I'm, I haven't committed to 2024. I, I don't, I don't know if I plan on, on going through to Paris just cause you know, Oh, it's only two years away, but it's also two years away. So, um, I, I think that what I've, what I've decided and, and since the beginning of this year and, and going forward is, um, just take swimming like six months at a time. And, you know, the, what the plan was is that, you know, there's ISL short course worlds. That was the back end of, of last year. And then long course worlds this year. And then knowing that there's probably going to be a short course worlds then, you know, of next year and the cycle continues. So, um, when, when Japan, um, worlds got postponed to next year, there was definitely some, some, you know, hard days of going to practice, finding the motivation because that plan had, had suddenly vanished. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't on a six month timeline anymore and I was on a, a year and a half timeline and that, or a year, I guess, timeline. And that was a little more than, than what I had kind of bargained for with myself. Um, so, so I was definitely like in limbo there of, of thinking, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I have any motivation to kind of get in and, and keep swimming when there's nothing really on the calendar till maybe December. Um, and, you know, moving to Atlanta has been great because it's kind of, you know, opened my eyes to, to what life could be like after, after swimming. Um, you know, I think Athens, we were kind of in our, in our little bubble doing the same thing we've been doing for the past eight years. And, you know, coming to Atlanta and, and seeing how, you know, your friends are and, and, and how people who aren't swimming, you know, you're in an environment where, where people aren't swimming and you get to like go do things and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the next phase of my life. And, and that's the thing is, is life's going to happen at some point. So, um, I'm not, I'm not scared of that. I'm actually really excited for it. Um, and I just hadn't really anticipated being as competitive as I was this year. So, um, that's been really cool. And, and I'm not, yeah, I, I'm, I, I can't, I can't quit it yet. Right. So I'm, I still, I still find it a lot of, I, I still find joy in training and, and it's a lot of fun and, and I enjoy the grind still. Um, so, you know, I, the future is, is confusing. It is not clear. It is, <laughs> it is taking it at least from a swimming perspective, it's taking it six months at a time and seeing kind of where that takes me. And, and after that, um, you know, I, I definitely want to go into something that is uh, electrical engineering. Um, right now I'm studying. Um, so like uh, systems and uh, controls is one area of emphasis and then digital image process or digital signal processing is another one, but that involves like robotics and um, like machine learning and stuff like that. So those are kind of the areas that I've been, I've been studying that I'm really kind of interested in, in kind of going into that field. Um, whether that's, uh, you know, in uh, July or July 20 or September, 2024, I don't know. I, I really can't answer that. So um, 
yeah, it's it's been. I mean, and, and, you know, Mel's been great about supporting me for whatever I want to do. My family's been great about, you know, well, my family's like, oh, like maybe you should go to Toy 24 because <laughs> they want to see me swim. And, uh, you know, because they're going to Budapest and they get to go to all these meets too. So they're happy that I'm, I'm still having fun in the sport and still swimming. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a loaded question. Lots of answers or lots of non-answers, I guess I, sh- I should say. Um, yeah. <laughs> During like peak training, what does your training and school schedule look like? Like how often are you getting to the pool? How much are you doing dry land and things like that? Yeah. Um, so the fall I had, uh, 12, 12 hours, right? So that's four mm-hmm. classes. And, uh, I had not taken a class in about five years. So I was trying to do four graduate level electrical engineering classes after not taking a class for five years while rusty is what you're getting at spending three weeks, uh, two, three week periods in Europe. Um, so I was the, the answer to how training in school was in the fall was it was a nightmare. Uh, it was, it was just, I was a robot trying to just get through everything. And, and, um, you know, it's funny because it was just like kind of how I st- kept stumbling forward is kind of how I <laughs> how I phrase it because like my GPA ended up being pretty good and swimming ended up being really good. So I was like, don't know how I did it, but I kind of kept going through. And then this last semester, obviously last uh, less training um, or uh, less traveling. And then um, I actually had one less class. So I was taking nine hours. So um, that ended up, I think, helping out a lot. <laughs> um, even just the one last class. And, uh, so it's always, it's been a balance, um, kind of this past year in the fall I was doing, Mike was really trying to get me to do two doubles. Um, I could not find the time to do two doubles. So I ended up only doing one double a week. Um, but that still included, uh, three lifts. And then he, he likes to throw in some, some dry land, uh, stuff. I guess before like power sets and, and whatever. So I kind of got some of those in there. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the bare minimum. I could, I could really, the, the maximum, I guess I could really do in the fall. Um, and a lot of it, yeah, was, was me texting him late at night. Like, Hey, like I can't, you're not going to see me practice tomorrow morning. I I'm just buried in schoolwork and totally fine. Just come in, come in when you can and we'll make it work. And, and, um, and he made it work. So it was good. And then, and then this spring, um, was a little bit better. One less class. I was able to try to get two doubles in for a lot of the weeks. Um, and the less travel helped too. So still maintaining those three, three lifting workouts and, um, the inner, you know, sprinkled in dry land, uh, throughout the week. So, so let's say you text Mike late at night here, you, you don't make it to the morning, you go to the next practice. Do you think, I guess a lot of pro swimmers that I've worked with, you know, they're, they're more in control of what they're doing in the water too. Are you also adjusting kind of within the pool, kind of how things are going based off of sleep, energy, how you're feeling, or are you doing whatever Mike has on the board? How, how does that work as you progress into your late, you know, into your late twenties here? Yeah, it's, it's, he's been, yeah. Uh, uh, another level of the flexibility I would say is, is how he's been 
yeah, able to handle me when I come in and he can, I can not know how I'm going to feel until that day, depending on the, you know, the schoolwork and everything. There was, there was some times where I I'd walk in and I'd say like, Mike, I gotta, I gotta swim and I gotta go. I can't like, I gotta be in three K and I gotta get out. Like I can't, I can't work hard today. I gotta just go through the motions. And he's like, that's totally fine. Like, I know you're, you're, you have a lot of stuff. So just like, keep me updated. And, um, yeah, I, I mostly caught a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, stuff from the other swimmers who are like, Oh, where were you this morning? It's like, let's be nice. <laughs> I wanted to, but I couldn't. Uh, so I was like, because, you know, the college swimmers, uh, Mike's like, yeah, you're, you're 28. You're a pro. You do what you want. And then they're like, oh, can I come in late? And they're like, no. Like, what? No, you can't come in late. You got to be here on time. Oh, what a breaststroke. Ready, go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's – and he understands that, that you know, I'm, I'm – you know, I've been a pro for, for five years. I know – I know, you know, I'm, I'm definitely more aware – recently of how I feel on a daily basis, what I need to put in and, and, and stuff. Uh, so he's definitely, I mean, he, he motivates me to try to get in as much as possible and, and get as much workout. I think he's been really good at, at kind of knowing um, like when I need to kind of just do maintenance and, and kind of maybe just get, get to the next workout or um, if I can actually like, you know, giddy up let's let's put some work in and put some yards into you so um yeah it's it's definitely a, a day by day case um but he's been super flexible about, about uh my my cries for help so <laughs> <laughs> well i mean <clears throat> there was a swedish guy stefan neestrand who was one of the top sprinters in the world in the early and mid 2000s and he was famous a former world record holder in the hunter free short course and he was uh, famous for um, or known for adjusting his training and would only do hard days, you know, when he felt like his body was ready to go. And there's a lot of people that are channeling that. And honestly, that's just that's what being a pro is, is uh, understanding and balancing the things that are happening outside of the pool and and doing a lot of the stuff that people don't see. So, yeah, it would be easy for a lot of these younger swimmers to see you know, you and know that you didn't come into morning practice, but they don't see all the other things that are happening that you're doing right to set yourself up for success when you do show up to the pool. Yeah. Or the, the years and years of, of doing those, doing those workouts. And then like, you know, coming into the same workout and be like, oh, I'm going to only do half of it. <laughs> like, Oh, come on, Nick. Like guys, I've, I've done plenty. I know <laughs> like it's, the work's back there somewhere. It's yeah, somewhere what about, in here. What about this famous work ethic I've heard of? <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've done as many years and years as some other swimmers, right? Am I correct that you got a little later start and did some other sports in high school? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really start doing doubles till college. So um, yeah. I was a three sport athlete in high school um doing cross country pickleball, swimming oh what? sorry not pickleball and swimming no. well, they had pickleball. I, I probably would i was i was on the tennis team so i'd, I'd imagine i'd like to pickleball more if uh, less running was involved so <clears throat> but yeah no so i i did other sports and and you know i definitely had to take you know time off and and realize that it wasn't a year-round thing until until probably my senior year of high school is when i was like okay like yeah, I swam in the summer, but, but it was just kind of whatever. Um, then in the summer of my like senior year was when I really started to be like, okay, like 
Georgia, they're going to have me doing what uh, nine practices a week and weights. So I maybe need to start working out a little more to like get ready for that. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd say, I'd say I got maybe a little bit, I've been, I've been swimming for forever, but, but I wouldn't say I I've been, you know, fully committed to that for as long as maybe some other people have. So um, yeah, but, but definitely, you know, UGA was, was the place to be if I needed to play catch up on building a, a base. So <laughs> Jack, yeah, Jack Not that you didn't put put your time and in, in years in, that's for sure. But yeah, but, well, that's what one of the things I talked with Mike about, like when I first got here, he's like, listen, like you have a treasure trove of aerobic base. I'm not going to make you any better aerobically here. Like, I just can't do it. So like, we're going to work on like your technique, your sprint stuff. We're going to work on the other things and like, see how that works. I'm like, that sounds like a great plan, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm on board with that. Yeah, yeah. Keep talking, Mike. <laughs> Keep whispering sweet training nothings into my ear. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, Nick, we got some rapid fire questions for you to wrap. Oh boy, all right. What's the hardest race in swimming? Uh, I hear the four AM is pretty tough. Um, I haven't. Uh, sorry, I know you're looking for rapid fire, but <laughs> I, I was actually happy enough to go to Georgia where we had a stable of four AMers, and I never was needed uh to come in because i think I, I i everyone's like oh you'd be pretty good for him but i never had a never got the opportunity thankfully so um i hear that that's the hardest event though yeah that's all right my age group coach always told me my first junior cut was going to be in the mile and it was in the 50 <laughs> yes proved <laughs> <laughs> <Get> him wrong <laughs> <laughs> all right olympic gold world record or isl mvp assuming uh, you get paid uh, Olympic gold, uh, is probably top tier considering that, uh, if it wasn't for a DQ, I would have been almost, uh, ISL MVP, but or not the season MVP. That would actually would have been nice. That would have been real nice, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Olympic, uh, Olympic gold probably. Yeah. That one will pay long-term. All right. Yeah. Skins race. You're most likely to win if it's not breaststroke. Uh, freestyle, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have the, the chops to do a second 50 of flyer back. So <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe it could be a different distance. It's like three 100 breaststrokes. I don't know. All right. Bigger fashion uh, swimming faux pas. Wearing your goggles outside the cap or wearing a, a non-tech suit jammer. Um, well, uh, Mel wears her goggles on the outside of her cap. So I, I guess I'm going to have to go with, uh, your jammer, uh, <laughs> wearing a non-taxi jammer. Sort of clarified for, for guys specifically. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Atlanta or Athens? Uh, well, they're all pretty, they, they have their own, uh, pros and cons. No, you got to pick. Um, Rapid. Okay. Atlanta. Preferred way to settle the score, arm wrestling, thumb war, rock, paper, scissors, or pickleball? Ooh. Um, rock, paper, scissors. How many double cheeseburgers can you eat in one sitting? At least three. That's my my last data point was three. So, Where from? Uh, it was uh, uh, a friend's, uh, Shannon's, a friend's birthday party. I had three double cheeseburgers the weekend before trials. So <laughs> <laughs> pre-race meal is cheeseburgers. If you could, um, uh, if you could choose a 
to race breaststroke a distance that's not competed. So we race the 50, the 100, and the 200. If you could choose any race distance that best suits you, what distance would that be? Uh, only breaststroke? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm probably a 150, right? Somewhere in between. Uh, get a little speed in there and then also have that endurance endurance side. I don't know. It depends uh, how much you lean on that Georgia endurance base and don't train <laughs> endurance anymore. Yeah. Okay. Which race from your career are you the most proud of? Um, let's see. I, I think, I think the 200 breasts at trials, uh, the final. Yeah. Does Mel beat you in practice? And if so, in what? Uh, very often. Yeah. In a lot of things, uh, not, <laughs> Not so much breaststroke swimming, um, but breaststroke kicking, she will. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, well, her kick is is awesome. Uh, so she'll crush me in fly kick, free kick for sure. Um, and then I've definitely had some 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 close close calls and losses when it comes to freestyle threshold for sure. Aerobically, she's she's an animal. And then uh, yeah, I am long course. I am stuff. Short course, I am. I I can use the walls to my advantage, but but long course, a little more swimming and my backstroke and fly is not as good as hers. So. There's no shame in that. All right. How many times a week are you guys doing social kick? Uh, not enough. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have, we have a couple of times, so uh, maybe two. All right. We'll put in a word next time I'm on the pool deck at tech. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, thanks so much for hanging out with us. It's been fun to chat and hear about you and your career and all the goings on and, uh, We'll keep cheering for you as long as you're going to keep on swimming, old man. So <laughs> keep on after it. Yeah, well, breaststroke's an old man's event. So hopefully I just keep getting better and better. <laughs> I love it. Cool. All right. Well, that's for it for this episode of Social Kick, and we'll see you guys next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website.